You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Making Waves. Welcome to Making Waves, yet another episode here. Uh, my name is Justin, and I'm along with my host, Chad. Uh, tonight, Hello. we really want to welcome someone who's got a very unique story. Uh, not only is he the uh, vocalist, songwriter, and frontman for the band Art of Dying, he's also a culinary CEO, and we'll get into that much later. Please, everyone, welcome Johnny Hetherington. What's up? John, I think that's thanks. the first time I've been called a culinary CEO, just so you know. I just want to that out there that's a new i'll have to add that to the business card it's great uh, well i just kind of go on with who you are man you you run that brand and i can't wait to get into it with you uh because we have some really great ideas uh, uh regarding your your uh your product that i don't want to give away just yet um anyway listen thank you for taking the time I, we know you're taking some uh some valuable time away from hockey season and we appreciate that <laughs> so, go oilers. Ice right yeah now. go that's right go oilers <laughs> well listen man um it's been a hot minute since we've seen you guys, uh, obviously on the cruise. And uh, so 2020 has been what it is. And uh, before we went on the air here, I wanted to uh, really uh, tell you how great uh, the Vices and Virtues song is that you guys put out before Christmas. And uh, yeah, it's a, if this is the intro into what you guys are going to produce next, I, I'm looking so forward to it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's um, It's a funny, funny song from our history. You know, Vices and Virtues is obviously the the album we did back in 2012 with uh, Warner Brothers and and we that song never actually made that record at that time so it's kind of nice over the past over the holidays to be able to finish it and put it out so yeah it's great well the amazing thing you about guys only kept their oh. vocals sorry to mean you ever interrupt you Justin but I don't want to stray away from that because it sounds like you only kept the vocal in the background vocal right and everything else you kind of like redid or how did it work yeah, you know, it's this whole COVID situation has given us a lot more time to work from our homes. And uh, Tavis and I have been working on a lot of music together, just building it from our homes and bouncing it back and forth to each other. Um, so, yeah, we had the ghost of the song, just the structure. Um, and then uh, I think I can't remember if we did keep the original vocal. Maybe we did. So the vocals from a couple of years ago, I, I think I sang it in a coffee shop down the street here that I usually work in. Um, and then Tavis relayed in all the guitars and yeah, we just kind of built it up from, from ground zero again. And um, it's always been like, I really wanted it on that record back in 2012, you know, cause it was, it was such a, it was written in that time. So I think you can kind of almost tell that it's, it's kind of got that same thing that die trying and get through this kind of had it at that, at that time in our lives, but it's special to put it out now. Awesome. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's it's 
it's very vibrant song and i think it's such a great springboard into this year for you guys uh because that way you know a lot of bands that put albums out that we we've talked to other guests who put albums out right as this thing hit and they have to sit on it for a long time so i figured this is just a great song to lead into whatever you guys are going to do next i mean i know armageddon still has a lot of legs on it um yeah it feels like armageddon just came out too which is right. we're always thinking about these things you know like do we put out more now because this album just came out and I think that sort of thinking is is just falling by the wayside for us. And we're more of the thought, we're more of the, you know, like let's get music out as often as we can now. So mm. we actually have another song, uh, end of April, that we're gonna launch. So it'll just be a follow-up to Vices and Virtues. That's great. Is that also unreleased? You said unreleased music as well from the past, or is this are you guys now virtually actually writing together? So this is the song that uh, we wrote uh, in Kale's basement in Ontario. Um, crazy story. Uh, we kind of, he moved into this brand new house that was brand new, super old, like 150 years old or something. And just Kale, if you know Kale, he's never, he doesn't buy into any of this, this crap. You know what I mean? Like he's a level-headed dude. But he moved in and some weird things happened. And he was like, I don't know, guys, what do you think? Like, is this place kind of haunted or something? What, what's up? And and on, on that note, he said, I got to go down and play at the bar tonight, but you guys just hang at the house and, and hang out. So we're like hanging in his haunted house, the whole band. And we had a couple of wobbly pops and just, you know, picked up the guitars and got a little crazy, had a little seance. And we were like trying to like, you know, get, it was kind of like, yeah, let's get this shit rolling. And we ended up um, getting a little crazy, wrote an entire song, which to this day, we're pretty sure we wrote it with a ghost or with like, I, I remember vividly tearing the side, like I felt this rush, tore the side of a box of beer in half, grabbed a Sharpie and wrote the, all the lyrics straight down the beer box to the end without stopping and the song was done and we all said that's spooky shit like why did that happen i've never written like that um so it was just it was crazy so yeah. um and then we started playing it on the road it wasn't on any of our records but we did play it at the odd show just break it out because it's kind of a crowd participation song is a lot of fun um so some people have heard it. it's called that high some people have heard it on tour but no one's ever heard it recorded so it was another little gem we got to dig out the, there's so many things that you just said, and I'm sure Justin's gonna uh, 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 touch on them. But <laughs> yeah, I got one story. I, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna let him go. But you have a very interesting story that we like to unhatch. Really. <laughs> one thing you're talking about the idea of ghosts and spirits. I mean, music's an energy, right? You throw it out there and, and pulsating waves, and, thing, and you're meeting, contrasting another energy in the form of a specter or whatever's in the house. So it makes complete sense. And in a lot of ways, I'm sure that the ghost is like, that kind of gives them a breath. I mean, I listen, I'm not one of these guys either. I, I buy into it a little bit. Why not? Um, I live in New Orleans, for crying out loud. This stuff is legion down here. But uh, the idea that the spirit could be some sort of muse for you guys totally makes sense, considering you're basically just dealing with an invisible force that becomes music to us, maybe to them too. So that's a really great story. Um, Chad, I don't know what you have to add to that, but, but real quick before I how to do that um so a new song coming out in april in a lot of ways there's a lot of benefit to what's going on right now because bands can certainly work a single 
and massage that for a little while until they get to another one and another one. And you always keep the fans engaged, but you don't burn yourselves out. And then, you, you know, you can really work, really don't have to work to where I have to create 10, 12 songs, you know, and it becomes a single product that everyone burns through. Now when they can really sit there and like kind of basically marinate in these one song and then the next one. So, and they'll become fully aware of your catalog by the time you actually get back on the road. So it's, it's really benefit to that. Totally. We're having a lot of fun with it. That's all I know is just, it's easy. It's fun. You know, when you, you're, you said it, you know, when you go to attempt to make a record, you're usually coming in with 16, 18 songs and whittling that down to 10 or 12. And it's a process, you know, like by the virtues, we made it over three or four months in Los Angeles. And it was just one of the best times of our lives, but it was such a intense process. Um, when we, when we made rise up, uh, we did that one in New Jersey and it was the same thing. We went and stayed at David Bendis studio for three months and it, and it was, you know, tears and fights and, and, you know, just hugs and like all around again. And people are, it was just crazy. And this is so light. It's just like, Oh, we know what we're doing. Let's just lay this to tape. And, and it it usually takes a, a night. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even, there's more to it than that, but like you can lay down a really great vocal in an evening. You can lay down a guitar track in the morning and, and before you know it, you've got something that's pretty listenable. And and then, you know, you do massage it a bit and, and, and until you're happy and, and you can put it out. So it's, it's, um, it's a great time really to, to get cre- the creative process from A to, to release. The interesting thing that you said there uh, is because, uh, you know, being with the persons that you're making music with for months on end, and usually in a small domicile, right? And now we have the luxuries of Airbnbs, right? So you can get like rent a house and like have bedrooms. But back when you were making records, even a few years ago, right, you were renting hotels and two dudes in a room or something, three dudes. Sometimes in our, in Wilson's case, it was like four dudes in a room, you know, uh, back in the day. But when you get to that Same spot, with us, brother. You, Same with us. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're like, oh my God. Today was the worst day at the studio, and I had to go look at him all night long. Sucks. But like in this and case, spoon. Were, like, you gotta spoon each other spoon. all night long. What and are you talking about? Like, I don't want to just jab his fucking eyes out. But the uh the, <laughs> the difference is, is you can be done with the song and be like, all right, dudes, I'll see you when I see ya. And then you leave longing for your brothers versus uh wishing that they didn't exist or something I think it's probably also <laughs> that venomous culture of, uh, of us as musicians probably is helpful in that sort as well. You know? Totally. Yeah. It's very yeah. different remote versus uh, being together is so different. We, we, uh, to be honest, like art of dying, we've never really gotten sick of each other on the road or in the studio yet. It sounds crazy, but we've always just, fed off that and and our, i think our friendships have tightened when we're when we're together on the road um so we've never been but but you're right like just seeing the same dudes every day like sometimes the back seat of the van is just not far enough from the front seat that day you know you just want a little time or you know uh, the, the road, the road. I, i'll be doing i'll be doing uh you know we'll be at a uh flying J parking lot and I'll be doing like yoga on the only grass spot that that exists on, in that state. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is your dinner, solace and entertainment. Flying J. Totally. That's all. We got 30 minutes. Get it in. Get back in the van and go. So crushing let me, let me, a tall can in, in a brown bag outside the flying J. It's like, we gotta go. 
Let me let me ask both of you guys: Is when as a band, artist, whatever, do you find it more? Do you appreciate being in the studio together and creating album, or do you are you guys okay with like being individual and just sending files back and forth? I mean, what's better for the process for you guys? Take that, man. Uh, no, I'm going to let you take that because you're a guest. But I, I will say my little piece. <laughs> I think there's a benefit to both because when you're listening to outside influence, right? When your mind says B, and they're like, "No, A, but A, bud," and then you're listening to A and you're following suit. And you're like, but I really want to try B. You never really get that moment sometimes, whether that's because of time constraints or just because like everybody in the room, room says your shit sucks, right? And their shit's better. It happens all the time. And then you move on and you always, you hear the song has come back, come Man, I'm telling you that bridge would have been way better this way or whatever, you know, where this, at least this version, you could have the time to, you know, record the guitar or the vocal and then send a B and, and processes back to them. If you have the, the know-how and in, in software, you know, I don't know. How about you, John? Totally. Same thing. I mean, it, it, if you're in the studio, it's just a more collaborative. There's more ideas come, get squished, come again, get squished, whatever. Um, we, we've, um, we've always come into the studio pretty prepared with stuff, but, We've been blindsided too by, uh, I remember a time with, with Ben Death actually in Jersey where we were just struggling to feel fresh. So he just assigned us, everyone go into a room by yourself and everyone's job is to write a song top to bottom and best song wins and makes the record. <laughs> like it, it was crazy. So, uh, and that song actually was Kale's in that little room, um, which was on Rise Up. That song is Some Things Never Change. So it, it was a great song that came out of uh, uh, the, the clashing in the studio of trying to get the energy flowing. So it's always different, right? How to get things uh, to a level that you like. Yeah, I always hear about like, oh, it, there's a certain vibe to being in the studio and going through that. Obviously, you're dealing with personalities and egos. And like Chad said, you go, well, we all want A, but this guy wants B. And then it becomes like, well, I guess we lost him. Anyway, what I was saying with him is like, you know, three guys want one thing. The other guy wants another. It becomes like a clash of egos. And then there's the aha moment. I told you. So I'm sure that can add a little bit of the acrimony from time to time. <laughs> or, or, and the producer's role is pretty important in that scenario because he's yeah. the, you know, he's the guy that's just going to tell, come in and tell you, you all suck. This is yeah, he's a manager for, for, for that time period. He's definitely managing everything. Hey, let me ask you something real quick. So I'm going back through the catalog and I tend to forget that your third album in was an acoustic album, right? Kind of. Kind of, sort of, but still a bold move at that. It's still a young part of your career, right? You got two albums out and then you drop an acoustic album. Was that like, yeah. was this something that you just felt like, that, you know, this, this is, this is cool. This is what our audience wants is what we want. Or was it basically like, hey, let's just go out on, on, on the edge here and see if we can do this? It's, a, you know, we've always had that acoustic side to us. Mm -hmm. Every song starts on an acoustic. Uh, we love to tour stripping all the songs down just with an acoustic guitar. Um, we did a tour with Scott Stapp where we were supporting his band and we just brought one guitar, four stools, one guitar. That was our setup. That was our show. And, you know, in theaters, and it was just fantastic, like just three part, four part harmonies and one guitar. 
So I think we've always wanted to get that across through an album. Um, the album you're talking about was something we kind of snuck out in between Vices and Virtues and Rise Up. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was an album that we recorded live off the floor, um, and and it was something that was very alive and real. And you know, I've always been a fan of um, you know, back in the day, like. It was kind of the move that Guns N' Roses made when they put out um, Lies. Yeah. Because it was like, what's this? Like, here's this band with this huge rock record. And then next thing you know, they're putting out an acoustic record, which is, it was, to me, it hit hard. I was like, oh, like the songs on there were just, it, it gave you another level to the band. Instead of hearing the follow-up, you're hearing deeper. It's funny you mention that because we can refer to two bands and I don't know. I, I believe one might be an influence, but like when you think about Nirvana and Alice in Chains, people almost almost automatically go to those acoustic albums. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they, acoustic albums, they like they speak to your soul. They speak deeper. I think those the rock albums forever will be the party and will forever be the show and will ever be the the memory of the concert and the outdoor concert and the ship rocks and you know, everything. But the, when you're by yourself and like, I don't know about you guys, but most people, I think, listen to music by themselves. And when you're by yourself, listening to the music, nothing hits deeper than, than something acoustic and where you, where the lyric just is there. You're just alone with the, with the, with the song. Yeah, it's uh I mean as much as as big as rock fans and even metalheads we still love to be soothed. So I think mm. that definitely offers that nice little nice little left turn for some people for some fans and we we all need a breather in life, right? So this the, yeah. the acoustic stuff is the breather uh whether it's on a long player or a full album. So yeah, thank you I'm for answering that. I'm a that, huge man. fan I'm a huge fan of uh, Damian Rice. I don't know oh, if yeah, you guys yeah. know that guy. Oh yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. And he's like the original Ed Sheeran. Like he's like Ed Sheeran before Ed Sheeran, but he's whenever I'm feeling a little blue or a little whatever, uh, if I need some some soothing, the word you chose there, I love it. That's what I put on just a Damien Rice album and just get into his head for a bit. It's just real quick. I was funny. I was reading to <laughs> you. You know, obviously when we prepare prepare for these shows, I just get some bio stuff a little bit a little deeper than what we already know about you guys. How you know whether we've spoken passing or whatever, but when Draymond called you guys, what did he call you guys? Called, Eagle and Chains? The Eagles and Chains because of your three-part, basically almost harmonies and three 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 front men singing type of style from time to time? That was the, that the stadium tour we did with those guys. Um, all the bands on the tour would walk by our dressing room or walk by our pre-show and we'd always have an acoustic guitar practicing harmonies and warming up and, and even writing songs. And that's when, yeah, David was like, you guys sound like Eagles and Chains. You know, you're a mixture of the Eagles and Alice in Chains. And we thought that was pretty cool. Oh, dude, because you if you ever see the old vintage photo of like video of like the Eagles, they always do Seven Bridges Road in the, in, in, in the dressing room before they go on stage. You know, it's like nice acoustic thing, work on, opens up, opens up the vocal cords. So... Pretty cool, man. Draymond's Draymond's pretty smart guy. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. So what are the plans then? I mean, obviously, none of us have a crystal ball. Hey, Chad, are you back, bud? We lost you for a while. 
I don't know. He still might be. Let me let me check. Uh, he's, he's a mannequin for the moment, but that's cool. He's a man. That's right. So obviously, none of us have a crystal ball. Um, you guys are working on and putting out songs. Any kind of talk about what you guys are going to do come the end of the year, maybe in 2022, as far as like, you know, again, we'll have to see where the world's at as far as going out on the road and supporting this stuff. But do you guys have anything special planned, like any live streaming or anything like that for people? Nothing. Uh, we haven't really talked much about next year. I don't even think mm-hmm. we've talked much about May this year. <laughs> you know, like, right, right. We, we can't wait to, to play again. We can't wait to be on tour again. Um, but for now, it's really it's really given us this opportunity to record and release. So we're we're consistently flipping through old songs that never got on records, or you know, and thinking, I wonder, yeah, let's 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 do that one. And I'm working on a bunch of stuff on the side as well, which has been a lot of fun too. I'm, I'm working on. Um, I'm actually putting out a, a song of my own in, in April. So that's coming out, I think, April 2nd. And I worked on a crazy um, art project over the last couple of years with a, an artist in New York. And, you know, long story, I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's um, the project is has me singing in Latin. I basically, basically went to this guy's uh, brilliant artist in New York, New York Stefano Losi, and... Uh, experienced his art in person he's a sculptor and a poet and he writes he's an italian guy writes in latin and basically um sat in his new york apartment for five days with a piano and just wrote songs uh from nothing just with melody and and using his latin uh poetry so i had to learn the latin words phonetically because obviously i don't speak latin Mm -hmm. um it's been such a fun project. So that might be one of my first outings post COVID um, might be doing a live performance in New York when he launches his art to the public. So that's kind of going to be something I'm looking forward to as well. Is, is the, is, is your music then and what you're singing, is it basically something that's just, that's going to coexist with his artwork? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully the plan is um, I'll be able to go perform the work live at his opening and then for the following months that you want to visit his gallery and see see the works the there'll be an audio recording playing of, of the songs oh wow fantastic well, that is yeah. amazing it, it, latin the dead language <laughs> not so much anymore yeah. way to back bring it back you're bringing it back <laughs> there you go hey chatty with us bud Man, he's having some trouble right now with his connect- connectivity there. So real quick, I mean, you, you just mentioned solo work in April. Could, what, can you tell some folks without giving too much away what's going on with that? Yeah, I don't mind at all. It's um, it, it's something I've been writing with a longtime co-writer and friend, Daver Bulama. He's, uh, he actually produced the Armageddon record. Um, so we've, we've been co-conspirators forever. Um, you know, back from, uh, we wrote Sorry, the, the ballad on... Um, vices and virtues together and he just helped us so much in our early days getting our music together for records um so he always jokes around with me like you know his version of die trying and howard benson's version of die trying aren't too far off you know he's like kind of pissed still about that he's like yeah you probably should have just released my version (laughs) right so him he and i've been working on um some songs that just were not art of dying it was just very much more um from a different kind of musical perspective. So that's 
that's what I'm doing. Uh, April 2nd, it's, it's my name. It's just Hetherington is the, the name of the artist. Um, okay. Hey, that's, that's me. And the song's called uh, Good Old Times. And it's, old... you know, it's, it's very, um, I think a lot of people that are writers and artists right now are, are taking this time and it's really hitting people uh, in the heart. And this song kind of came from our experience in COVID and just feeling, uh, feeling lonely and missing, missing the past and hoping for a better future. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, obviously one of the things that, uh, I was, I know Chad had a lot of stuff for you too. So we'll, we'll keep moving forward, uh, there. Let me ask you real quick. When you guys are in a band like that and, and people branch out and they do other things, do you guys, there's some bands that are like big into promoting that, the, the people in the bands that go out and do stuff to, cause it helps obviously create a, a much larger, uh, what word am I looking for? I guess what I'm asking is like, is it one of those things where band members can go to each other and push each other to go do, go do some stuff, go explore, go, go do those things. Or, to, you know, cause there's some camps that like to kind of keep it in tight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, um, we've always had that leeway with each other, you know, mm -hmm. um, Tavis plays in Adelaide's way as well as art of dying for the last couple of years, which is, you know, we, support him in that and we love those yeah. guys too so just feels like a good thing and he really uh those guys play live still all the time even through the pandemic they've been doing a lot of shows so it's it's mm -hmm. really important for tavis to do to play live like that and so it's it's great and uh kale is in santa sonia with his cousin adam gantier so yeah it's like all these things you know sometimes it's like oh man my band, you know, I want to keep it all tight and wrapped up and don't want, you know, but then you quickly come around and say, fuck that. I mean, it's go do be exist, create, have fun, you know? And, and that's, what's kept us together for like, I don't know how long it's been like 12, 12 years or something that we've been, the three of us have been a part of the band. We, we lost Jeffy along the way and we lost Greg mm -hmm. along the way, but um, that's, it's been a long haul. And I think that's, the freedom of uh, of just being open with each other and honest and 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 supportive of each other is the main thing. Yeah, the idea of a creative community obviously you everyone comes back stronger too because they've been playing and coming up with new ideas that maybe that band totally. that they're playing with isn't going to use. But hey, you know, it's be perfect for Otter Dying. So yeah, it's exciting. Totally. Let me ask you, me ask you a question one hundred and one. Who turned you on to music, man? How old were you, and what did you what did you first hear that went? That's what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah, my dad and my mom, you know, they both very musical. We had a piano in the house growing up. Um, my dad is a brilliant singer. Um, and, you know, that I, I think it was just in me as I, well, I know it is now that I have a daughter and she's almost six. And she's, she's a like, get ready people because she is an opera singer at five and a half. She's learning full French and German operas right now, and it's out of sight. So I couldn't be prouder, but when I look at her, I lost my dad um, the year she was born. So I lost my dad five years ago, and I've had my daughter for five years. And it's almost like his voice came to her through me, you know, how it is, her heredity and how these things work. But for now, for now I really see the the proof, you know, that like this is the music's just in you, you know, sometimes yeah. it doesn't always have to be, but, but in this case, yeah. So, so I remember from an early age, just, 
be in musical, listen to my dad, hear my mom play piano, sing-alongs, family sing-alongs, you know. And um, I, before you knew it, I was, I was like the lead character in musicals at seven years old on the stage, you know, for the school thing. And next thing you know, I was doing in choirs and doing more musicals and just being experiencing that that life of being on the stage and not being fearful of that and and i never was it was just like love the attention right it was just like get out sure. there and woo, it's gonna be what fun. was it what was it like what was the reaction the first time you brought home the first album and said look mom and dad this is what i this is this is what i'm doing look what i worked on look what i made what was the reaction yeah, you know, they bought me my first guitar. So they were, they were what like, was it? What would what, you buy? Would do this. It was a vantage. What's a vantage? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it was like a red, beautiful $200 vantage Perfect. from the local music shop. Okay. Yeah. And I, I loved it. I put the heaviest strings I could find on it and tuned it down to drop you know, drop D right away. Yeah. Cause I barely, I couldn't play. I was all self-taught. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. And, um, you know, I was, this was probably, I don't know. I was probably around 13, 14, 15, you know, teenage years and met some guys not too, too far after that, put together a little band in, we were in Red Deer, Alberta. So put together a band called disappearing Phil, which was my very first, I guess, well, sorry, I, I got to go back. There was a band before that called Lost Cause. That was my first band, so I guess I should sure. know Lost Cause. And it was it was K A U Z. You know, it was like Lost Cause. Of course, because at some point there's been about a thousand Lost Cause. That's everyone's first band. Is that that band called that? So you have to come up with something different. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. We had so much fun. But that was like you know we were playing covers at the at the um, school dance and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So. But the first album was a, a three song cassette um, that I brought home. And yeah, I think my, my family is very proud. And um, still to this day, you know, like I'll just make my mom a mixed CD, especially when my dad was alive. I'd just make them a mixed CD of all the songs I've been working on that year. And mm -hmm. I would just bring it home at Christmas and leave it in their CD player and, and they'd get to know the music. And, and then, uh, and now I, I, when I'm writing, I'll, I'll send stuff to my mom right away and just work through some of the lyrics with her. I, I wrote a song the other day. That's really, um, it's a complex story about uh, a, a mother who gives birth. And then that girl grows up to be a mother as well. And that mother takes her daughter on the road and that girl grows up to become a singer and it's this whole thing. So I had to call my mom and say, extend to the lyrics and say, like, can you walk through this timeline with me? Cause I don't know if this is working. <laughs> like we need to, we need to so, make this. So all this of this work. complex stories within the scope of what, a four or five minute song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez, so <he's, laughs> sounds like a concept album. So I know, right. <laughs> So it's funny you mentioned your your father and then, you know, not being having a chance to hear your daughter's talents, obviously it goes back to what we talked about, but spirits. Uh, he, sure. He, obviously she's a conduit for, you know, or, or yeah, he's, she's a conduit for, for his talent. And so she's, she's bringing out, so that's fantastic. So I'll tell you what, tack, tackling opera, that's a whole other level. So good for her. When we're ready, I'm going to, I'm going to launch a little bit out there and just let the people, 
let the people decide, but it's, it's crazy, man. I can't believe w- w- the, the capacity that she can sing at, a, at age five. I was not expecting that. I know and lungs are still te- forming. Everything's still forming. It's crazy. Totally. I was asking her teacher, I was saying, uh, you know, I've noticed she's taking breaths at, at weird times. Like, should I be working with her on, you know, how to do a longer breath? And she's like, don't forget, she's got five-year-old lungs. Like, leave <laughs> yeah. that for a little later. They're I'm like, oh, very yeah. Very pliable. <laughs> so it's let's great. talk about something. I want to I want to pivot uh, from something, from all of this, and, and let's talk about what you do um, with your uh, your culinary, as I mentioned, your culinary skills uh, as part of the uh, the Hetherington uh, and essentials there with the, the sauces. What I got to ask, where does it all start? Where did that start? So you basically have the hot sauce, barbecue sauce, and ketchups. So I know you're trying to pivot, but it all comes back to my daughter. Um, when my wife got pregnant, we started eating better. You know, we started looking for organic foods and mm-hmm. we started reading labels and looking at sauce, like regular hot sauce that we had in our fridge. And there's like orange number five in it and just junk and xanthan yeah. gum and all these weird things that we were like, we were very, you know, we were uneducated at the time. And we just said, you know what? You're, my wife said to me, you're a great cook. Why don't you just make us some hot sauce? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to. And I just went to the store and bought a bunch of habaneros because that's my favorite pepper. My brother's into hot sauce. So he got me into habaneros and boom, we loved it. You know, it's, it's the classic story where we loved it and we passed it around to some friends at Christmas time and they all loved it. And, you know, everyone always chirps, chirps up and says, you should bottle this stuff, man. This is great. And we're like, well, let's do it. So we were at that time, we were actually signed with Warner brothers mm-hmm. and uh, Cheryl Valentine, our radio rep out there. She said, get, you know what? You got to get this stuff out to some radio stations. So I spent like all of, November or whatever it was making these batches of sauce at home uh drink in one hand I was drinking emptying gross bottles <laughs> and and you know as soon as they were done it was like fill you know fill it with hot sauce cap on okay empty another yeah. one go, 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 go. fill yeah. cap on okay and then I was shipping them to Cheryl in LA and then she was sending them out to radio stations and and then that caught fire again and people were saying the same thing so we didn't have any bad reviews, so I figured let's let's launch it. Um, mm-hmm. And we launched a Kickstarter, got a ton of support from uh, from the music community, which was amazing. That we couldn't have done it without that. So thank you everyone for for getting in there on the on the on the um, uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, and then and then we quickly, you know, the learning curve. Once we were there, it was like okay, our daughter, she's one. She loves ketchup. Ketchup's gross. Let's make ketchup. That's good. You know, that's healthy. So we did that. And then uh, we went into barbecue sauce with the same mentality and, and just keeps rolling, you know, and, and now we're in like two or 300 stores in Western Canada and, you know, distribute distribution. And it, it's like, we know more about the grocery business now than the record business. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it's, it's so amazing though. When you hear your, your story, there, there's, there's several artists we can talk about here momentarily that have gotten into this and it's become just this thing. I, as a fan of music, I mean, at some point you get past the whole, I love t-shirts. I love that stuff. But at some point you go, I really want to support this band, but what's different. I don't need a bottle opener. But when I start seeing like, they start getting into like things like this or even like wines or whatever, I'm like, I'll buy that. Cause I'm that I'm of that age. And I'd like to 
try this. I'm still supporting the band, not in your usual, you know, your usual wearing a t-shirt, but <laughs> I, I think it's such a great opportunity to already uh, work with your, your existing fan base. And then you start working when you start getting into the sauce world. I mean, I watched enough. So I'm a big fan of watching all those hot peppers shows. Cause I just love seeing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hot ones. That's paint. a good one. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. And I think it's so amazing because now you're reaching this entirely vast audience that almost dwarfs some music uh, audiences as far as like people's interest, because you got old, young, doesn't matter who you don't have to be a, a metalhead to like what you're doing. You can just be into foods. So it's really interesting, totally. but yeah, congratulations on that. So it was funny. We've been kicking around the idea of, of at some point, cause we just had, we had Bumblefoot on not too long ago and then Brandon from uh, Crowbot and they also as well have nice. sauces. They have hot sauces. So I think at some point it'd be great if we all got all of you guys together, maybe some other people and just did some taste, just did some tastings yep. on, on like a live stream. I think it'd be so fun. That would be great. Yeah. Be yeah. Great. So it's really interesting though. Cause you know, we always think about it ourselves. I'm sure artists all the time, like, what am I going to do when my music career is just kind of like, you know, I'm not on the road anymore. I'm just doing the same now. Obviously you have a pathway, not that you won't ever <laughs> stop music. Music will always be a very uh, a large part of what you do. But I mean, just to have this other thing, which is I'm always amazed to um, Johnny is when artists have being an artist itself is a, a musician is time consuming. And just oh, yeah. too many hours in a day now going into what you're doing, working with your branding, working with stores, working with retail, working with everything from returns to shelf space. Ugh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. It's a bit nuts, but uh, yeah, for some reason, you know, I have a great partner in my wife and and she's a go-getter, you know? So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's great to, we fire each other up and, uh, and keep each other rolling. Sometimes we look at each other like, are we going to take another thing on? Like, what? Are we crazy? Of so, but we keep are. doing it until we, <laughs> yeah, until, I don't know. Yeah. What doesn't kill you, you know? No, what doesn't, yeah, what doesn't kill you? Yeah. Well, listen, we usually do this thing about this time. We do a thing called walk the plank. Walk the plank. And walk the plank is three random questions. <laughs> I have one uh, and Chad has one. And then we usually get one from a fan before the show. And uh, it's just random questions about anything. Usually not even pertaining to music. We just love to hear your answer on what the question is. So I'm going to give you mine first. And then Chad sent me his because he knew he wouldn't be able to get back on tonight. So let me ask you. <clears throat> Oh, this is mine. And what activity would you like a lesson from an expert? Ooh, I was just thinking about this the other day. Well, in the really boring scope, I suck on, we, at the beginning of this call, we were talking a bit about like Bitcoin and mm -hmm. cryptocurrency. And, but what I really suck at is, all this computer stuff that you're supposed to know, like simple stuff like Excel and Word docs. And I'm just terrible. You should, I'll send you a picture of my desktop. It's an art project. Like I'm, so I need an organizer. I need an assistant, <laughs> but okay. so I need an organization. Barring that, I need a, I need a professional lesson in organization. I think. Like a, not a feng shui thing, just basically like, it, it, like a minimal, you know, the whole minimalism movement always fascinates me. The idea of like s getting rid of everything that you haven't used in a certain amount of time. And, and, and but I'm like, most people are like, God, I might need this at one point in my life. So I, 
I think I'm just more like a like a butterfly, you know. <laughs> Flying over here. Flying over yeah. there. Don't worry about that yeah. anymore. I'm over here now. So basically, so, you just need someone to organize your stuff, and then once it's organized, do you think you can stay on top of it, or that person need to be stay fully employed for you? Fully employed forever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let them do the Excel spreadsheet. Um, Chad's question <laughs> is this. He goes, Chad asks, what does he got here? He goes, oh, what would you like to find at a yard sale? So right at the beginning of uh, COVID, we took possession of a beautiful cabin out in uh, on the Pacific Ocean here on the coast. And so now I'm actually looking all the time for cabiny stuff so i need right now i need a um another uh oven like a wood burning oven so i'm i'm keeping my eyes peeled on the side of the road for like wood burning ovens and fireplace tools and like screen spark screens and shit like that isn't it great adulting <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, this is a question from one of our strip rocks is, is science or art more essential to humanity? Oh man, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I mean, it's massive. It's massive. I, don't, I don't know if there is an answer to that. I think, um, I think science is, uh, is such a, um, a force in our realm of knowledge. I mean, it wasn't so long ago we thought the world was flat and you know science takes us from today to tomorrow every single day and the great thing about science is we can we can calculate it we can prove it we can it's it, it it's it's carbon you know what i mean but art is the opposite it's the elusive world it's the um, it, it's the things that you cannot touch and, you know, we we're talking about the spirit at, at, the, at the beginning about how maybe there's a spirit in the room when we wrote that song. And that's not so weird because guess what? Music is probably the biggest spirit we have around us. And you can't explain it. Um, you can't do anything but feel it. It's an emotion. So my answer is art. <laughs> All right. Very good. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> That's right. No one wants to get up just thinking about science all the time. I want to get up and think about Led Zeppelin. Oh, did you want one word answers? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No, I swear it's, it's, it's very it's free form. It's free form. So anyway, so listen, um, if you don't mind, could you give everyone out there, uh, where can they go to get your, your sauces and, and all the things you're working on with your wife. And then also where can fans go if they still want to pick up some swag from you guys or records or just check out what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> really? Well, I, know, people I, ask me that all the time and I don't know. So I say this type in art of dying into, <laughs> into your search engine and you will find the newest music eventually. And if you type in Johnny Hetherington, I guarantee <laughs> We'll find the sauce too, but I'm going to Google. Yeah, the one. the essentials is going to be the first thing. Actually, is the the search engine optimization on that is uh, Johnny's essentials comes up. So if you want to get his sauces, try them out, order them, or find out where they are in your location, you can probably go pick some up. And also, Art of Dying is artofdyingmusic.com. Thank you.
<laughs> I did know that. I did know that. No. So listen, man, um, much congratulations, everything that's going on in your life with your family, your business, and also obviously the band and your music. Good luck on the new solo project coming out here in April and also your art exhibit uh, project. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, if you guys want to check out some of the newest music, I guess you can always just go to Spotify, but check out uh, Vices and Virtues, folks. It's a fantastic rock single and it's uh, it'll probably be in your continuous play for the rest of the spring. Um, that I, would I'm be sorry, my I'm, suggestion too. That would be my number one destination for anyone out there is go to Spotify. Uh, Cause we're sneaking music out all the time quietly. Yep. Um, we put out a earlier last year, we put out a demos and rarities record. That's yep. 12 songs that, you know, we just snuck it out. We didn't really, you know, Greg and I went on and t did some talks some live streams about it. But other than that, we just snuck an entire record out. So I think Spotify is the best place to be for that stuff. Absolutely. So, uh, guys, so obviously right there, you can go pick up the new single and then check out Demos and Rarities. It's also available on Spotify. Um, follow uh, Johnny on Twitter and uh, at Facebook, and you can always catch up with what he's doing and what he's out there hopefully promoting. Um, guys, real quick before we leave here, we're going to do a few little things of housekeeping. Um, again, sorry uh, that we lost Chad there, that uh, technology is sometimes a wondrous thing, and sometimes it'll just sting you right in the ass so anyway we'll catch them next <laughs> week but listen um guys we are uh still going with shiprock 2022 cabins are still available so please um go to shiprock.com you guys can go there and uh either purchase a cabin or find someone who's looking to uh expand upon people they have in their cabins now so go look for a cabin mate you can also find all the latest shiprock swag there at shiprock.com and as we always say, there's a few of the Fuck 2020 shirts still available. Listen, guys, thank you for uh, for checking out uh, this. Johnny, we can't thank you enough, brother. Love you guys, as always. Yeah. And hey, uh, Before we leave, we want to thank, uh, obviously, our show producer, Al McManus, the show engineer, Jennifer Zito, our show coordinator, Heather Smith, and then the captain, Alan Koenig. So thank you, guys. Making Ways, we are part of the STM podcast family. Uh, find us anywhere you get podcasts, and please subscribe. Uh, so until next time, uh, thank you. And again, Johnny, thank you once again, though. Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Pleasure, man. Right. Do it again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. 
Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh, has impacted your life, uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. <laughs>